everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 559, recording today, Wednesday, the 21st of November 2018. Uh, today, uh, we have a new uh, sponsor uh, uh, in the form of Synchro Arts, who will be telling you they've got a lot of sales on till the December 16th, 40% off on selected stuff. Uh, a little bit of a message on that later. And also to Isotope, who will be uh, giving away a fabulous copy of their RX7 uh, audio restoration software. So uh, we encourage you to stay listening where you'll get full details of how to enter to win and also uh spe- save spend to save i don't know is that is that a thing it seems like it might be anyway this is a podcast to do with music technology uh synthesizers drum machines software live production studio work electronic music all those kind of things if you're si- wondering what's going on in the background uh, you may if you've seen this uh, podcast before know that we're putting on a live event on saturday this saturday the 24th of october of november in fact i uh, will be streaming uh some of the the, the performances from the evening we're at 6 30 uk time uh, via this youtube channel and twitch and facebook probably all at the same time so if you want to watch that we've got uh, um performances from gaz uh, i'm gonna hop in and do a little bit there's also uh chris calcutt and uh battery operated orchestra so uh, that'll be a lot of fun if you're coming along the day we look forward to seeing you we were actually sold out i'm not pimping tickets anymore because there are none left they've all gone as i said they would i know that we sounded like we were being over, over, ever, ever so salesy but it actually was the case so anyway uh let's join our guests we have three people from uh, around the place uh let's start off with I know. Let's start with Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves. We haven't seen him for ages. Charles in his London ages. studio, being on the yeah. on the road where he's a front house guy for Howard Jones and loads of people, but also and works OMD in the studio. And, and OMD, yeah. of course. Yeah. And uh, that's that's who I've been busiest with for the past two years. We've been on tour constantly, and we're off tour right now. We start back again in January, going to South America, and then a little bit in March. And then nothing until October. Oh, so that means huge, massive tour then. And you've got an album out, is that right? Or you just finished an album? I I I just finished mixing it. I just finished mixing it. In fact, Um, I ran it off last night. I was just listening to it. Now it's a it's a two and a half hour long piece of music. Bloody hell! Yeah, that's but it but it. It's 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 quite unique. It's it's a sync to picture sort of thing. So uh, I'll tell everybody more about it when uh, when I when the time comes to picture when I synced <laughs> it to picture. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that sounds like plenty of work to be getting on with. So uh, lovely to have you, Charles. And also we have uh, Mister Richard Hilton, uh, who's over there in uh, Connecticut, uh, near New York. How near New York are you? Actual New York City. It's about 80 miles from here to the middle oh, right. of Manhattan. All oh, right. So that's not that far. I did look when I came to in uh, September, I did look at making it out to you, but the, it was the, the, the transportation without a hire car was, and you weren't there anyway, but the transportation was a nightmare. It was bus to such and such a place, train to somewhere else, and then a taxi. No, it's really bit. easy, actually, for you oh. to get from New York to here. And oh. uh, next time you're around, I'll talk you through it and I'll come pick you up. Ah, well, that's that's probably where my lack of uh, knowledge of uh, American public transport, aside from subways. There's a train subway. out of Grand Central that comes pretty much 20 minutes from here, and I'd come and get you from oh, there. Oh, awesome. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Next time I'm uh, flown over by Yamaha or whoever to do a product launch, I'll definitely make sure. Because the other side, the other times I come, um, I'm obviously in LA. But Rich, lovely to have you. Um, you've been, um, have you been at home for the last week or so, or have you been out on the road again? I've been at chic? home. 
give or take a gig and attempt in New York. I've been at home uh, since Halloween. Oh, it's the longest stretch of being at home I've had since May. Um, because like Chicky, I've been on the road a lot and uh, about to go back on the road uh, Monday next Monday. And uh, be floating around your neck of the woods, so to speak. I'm I'm curious because I've only ever really done short stints. I've never done a really long or prolonged amount of travel where it's been months and months and months. What when you kind of stop and start again? What is what's the expansion and contraction process? What's the sort of most difficult thing to kind of adjust? This is a a bona fide topic you've opened up here. Um, Excellent. That's my job. (laughs) Good. Um, All right. I'll start. I'll go first, and then Chicky can back me up on or. Actually, wait. Before uh, I do that, I should say hello to Dominic, shouldn't I? Because I've just started a topic without without saying to Mr. Dominic (laughs) Hawken. I do beg your pardon. I I was so eager to find out that information. Dominic Hawken is there this time in his fully functional and rewired studio, uh, where he's uh, he he makes some excellent music. Uh, Dominic is. you call yourself a serial entrepreneur and musician and producer <laughs> and writer, so I'll, I'll use all of those yeah, things. Bit of everything, bit of bit everything. Of a songwriter, I suppose, of of of, uh, of note. But yeah, more more music and, and app building at the moment. But my background was as a live keyboard player, uh, and then lots of studio stuff and production. I, I have an on tour thing that might segue into the rest of it because it's many years since I've done touring. We had an amazing, amazing bass player who. Uh, is a is, is a just a fabulous guy still in his own right, um, but he used to have a couple of beers and then fall asleep in the bus. And the best thing he used to do is just go to him and whisper, one, two, three, four, and he'd be out like this. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> wow, that's great. So that's, <laughs> that is that is that's like yeah, that's that's subliminal level kind of re- ever readiness. What a great story. Fantastic! Mm. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that kind of links to that. That links to that nightmare story. I, I was talking to uh, uh, my partner the other night, and she said oh, I had this really weird dream where I was, I was suddenly asked to to play in front of loads of people, and I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, "Wow, you, you know, and she's not a musician in terms of performance. She hasn't inhabited that one." I said, "That is such a common sort of." anxiety dream that you know anybody who's been involved in music has it's that moment where somebody goes yeah hey well that's great maybe you, yeah sorry our keyboard player and show could you just step in and then suddenly you realize it's the one two three and you haven't got any trousers on obviously that goes along <laughs> with it as well you know but that's that anxiety but i don't know for for me i'm, I'm rich is shaking his head there because he probably could do i it. love that day I love, love that. I love, invite me on up. <laughs> yeah, but that's because you, you can. Uh, but anyway, Rich, we were we were talking about the, uh, the this kind of notion of contraction and adjustment to kind of being away and coming back. And you were about to yes. embark, and then I realised I hadn't introduced. There's you. an there's an absolute adjustment that takes place at either end of the trip part, where you're either leaving for some period of time or you return home because. At each end, you will establish various routines that you use to keep your life sort of semi-organized and things, you know, running smoothly in your life. And they're not always the same routines. And there is absolutely a transition time. Like, and also, you can't wait to leave and you can't wait to go back. It's always, it's uh, psychologically, there's that too, because you're, you're counting down those last five gigs, but you couldn't wait to leave at the beginning of the tour, you know, like, um, so there's a psychological aspect to that too. But there is absolutely, for me anyway, a decay time, if you will, to the transition of getting off the road and settling back into home life or 
leaving that nice, comfortable, established home life and going out into the chaos that can occasionally be the road. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, I can see how that was. I mean, the, uh, the brief bit that I've done, it's the, the bit where everything is taken care of you know, certain things are taken care of, like, you know, you, when when's the car arriving? Or do you know what I mean? Where do I have to be at what time? Or somebody says, okay, see you in the lobby in five minutes. Those sort of, the minutiae of the organisation of one's life is sort of, is sort of taken care of. And then you have to work, you're more concerned with what you have to do to fill your time so you can stay kind of focused and what have you, I suppose. Does that make you sense? No, in my case, I'm just trying to make sure I'm well rested for the show because I have to deliver a pretty high energy thing for yeah. some protracted period of time and it takes a lot out of you to do that so i just try to make sure that everything's focused around having that energy when i need it and then there's the you know eating part where you have to sort of coordinate how and where you're going to eat things when people aren't yeah. coordinating it for you and uh getting around is a lot easier nowadays that you can call and hire cars and ubers and things like that and uh talking to people at home is a lot easier because of what we're doing right yeah. now which is video communication so yeah, that's my no. little thing. Yeah, there's definitely a, a decay time to that transition. It takes a little while to settle into the next lifestyle. Yeah, no matter absolutely. how many times you've done it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. I mean, I guess the same thing must be for you. But you're going out at more times. You seem to be going for longer periods without kind of returns home. So you're out kind of in longer legs, I suppose. Is the is yeah. a technical term, right? I, I think for, for the past two and a half years, I've been on the road um, about eighteen months out of two and a half years. So it's, it's quite a lot. It, it's, yeah, it's tough. Uh, the, um, the, the, the eating thing uh, is, is a problem. I mean, I, for one thing, when you're touring, there's lots of free food, which is great. Bad thing is there's lots of free food and it's with catering, it's always around. So it's easy to put weight on and you're not really eating particularly healthily. Um, there's, but yeah, like Rich said, there's there's all these routines that you get into, and and they they serve you quite well, and then you come home, and it's just like a, a crash landing, and you know, and then the the other aspect is, you know, a lot of my income is based on, uh, writing music and recording bands and so forth, and so, if I go away too much on tour, like I have been for the past couple of years, um, people get out of the habit of calling, you know, they get out of the habit of like booking time, so there's sort of like when when I when I'm back and I like I'm going to be I'm technically not on tour for a year. I mean I'm doing a few small things, but I'm not really on tour for a year. And so I kind of budgeted in that there'd be about two months where I'm building up work again. It's right. going to just take a while to get people back into the habit of it. And then of course then you go on tour and then <laughs> those first few shows are they're a bit tricky because you're just not in the swing of things and you know. But but I do I do love touring. It's great. I, actually, no, no, let me change that. I don't love touring. I love mixing live shows. I actually hate the touring part, but I love live shows. And the only way to, the only way to mix live shows is by touring because it's not like there's, you know, some band that you may work with is not going to play London, you know, for five nights in a row necessarily. Yeah. And yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Again the next week. So, <laughs> so touring is the way, but, um, but the acts that I work with, they tour, I like working with these sort of older acts because they tour just the right amount for me. Um, we, you know, tour, I've toured with young young bands and we'd be on the road for like 18 months. And it's just, you know, that absolutely will, if you have a family, 
you know, well, they'll, your wife yeah. will file for a divorce when you when you get back, because <laughs> because even even with Skype and WhatsApp and stuff like that, that's no substitute for actually being there. So uh, so it's it's definitely hell in the personal life. Um, and then you know you think, oh, well, maybe it'd be better if I were in a relationship with someone who's in the same industry. And then it's even worse because they're never on the same tour that <laughs> you're on. <laughs> so it's just it's a it's a no win situation. So yeah, I no, I can imagine. It's a yeah. bit like a military sort of thing, you know. If you're, if you're in the yeah, like a tour of service. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's quite hard. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd explore that. That was a very impromptu one. Um, but uh, let's let's move on to something a little more uh, more spontaneous and create. Well, uh, something as as spontaneous and creative as hopefully as my last topic. So here we go. This was uh, this is an excerpt from Eric Persing and. Uh, Pedro Eustache, I think he's called. I don't know how you pronounce it. And this is a beautiful bit. It's called EPPE. And this is Eric on the CS80. And Pedro on the Duduk, which is... He is a real master at playing that, I must say. And this is all completely improvised, apparently. They literally got together, could bring three things, set up and went. And then made a re- made a recording. It's hard to believe, but they're obviously very... But that CS80 is quite special in terms of expressivity when combined with that. I think he's got a little loop going as well. I, I mean, I'm not going to play the whole thing. There's loads of it on YouTube. He released it last week, uh, and it's it's just... It's a real... when To see two people who can do that sort of thing off the bat, I mean... Uh, Pedro is a highly accomplished, you know, with years of symphonic experience. He also does a load of the Game of Thrones things, those sort of, which is very much in vogue, this sort of evocative uh, acoustic wind. And he also plays the Lyricon uh, through Modular as well. But he's just so expressive and he obviously just gets loads of work because he's so damn good. And as we know, Eric is a great player. Although he's, he's he was allowed to bring three things, but he kind of cheated because he brought three keyboards, but he also had Omnisphere and Keyscape, which I think... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I think that's a little bit cheaty. But uh, Rich, I'm guessing you might well have appreciated this thing. It was uh, if you've had a chance to see it. Very um, much so. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it very much. It was terrific. There, it, you know. First of all, um, I hadn't heard Pedro before, and he's inc- uh, actually no. I've heard Pedro a million times before, but I didn't know who he was. And as soon as I saw him doing that, I said, "Okay." It's him. Um, and he's incredible. He's really, really incredible. And I would like to have seen him play the 300 instruments he has. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame he only got to bring three, but I guess. Uh, yeah. But anyway, he was amazing. And Eric, of course, is a terrific player and incredible programmer. And he designed this amazing rig to do it on. And in the video, you can there's either a companion video or it's later in the same video. You yeah. can watch him describe to you all this how this rig is laid out and how it's set up to be so completely controllable. And uh, he's just a fantastic player, and they really hit it uh, hit it off well. And it was really fun to watch. Yeah, I it was it highly. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, we know Eric. You know, whenever we see Eric do demos, and it's it. It, 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 we always go, oh, what? That's great. But you don't generally get to see him be the musician side of him. So, yeah. Uh, I know, Dominic, I, 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 how do you feel about that sort of scenario being, uh, right, okay, let's get in a room. And imp- Are you an improvisy kind of guy or do you like to work more in preparation? 
Not recently. I've been a bit sort of soloed since I moved out into the country and set this up and sort of immersed myself here. But that's it. I definitely was. I mean, I absolutely love that video. I wasn't aware of it. Obviously, it's quite new, but you sent it around yesterday and I haven't stopped watching it. And it's just brilliant. And I mean, Eric, I know of Eric through the sound design stuff. I mean, Omnisphere remains, even though it's years old, one of my favourite. Actually, it's ah, not there by, um, there by accident, actually, behind me. It's always on almost everything that I'm working with. Um, and I bought Keyscape as well, and it's just blown me away. One thing about Omnisphere is, uh, since I bought it, they haven't charged me a penny more for loads of updates, loads of new sounds, loads of extras and stuff. It's astonishing. Um, and like you, you see him do the demos, um, but this was a, a, amazing, and that CS80 is brilliant. The polyphonic aftertouch that he's then wiring into things in Omnisphere. Um, incidentally, I don't think his Prophet 6 was making the noise. I think it was like a master keyboard. But I it, no, it was as well. It was it as was, well. Was it? it was, yeah. But um, it was. No, I mean, it's just astonishing. And, and the geek in me loved it. It's in the same video about sort of two-thirds of the way through where he takes you through the way he's doing it. And it's, on the one hand, relatively simple. Um, you know, he's, he's playing um, some stuff into Ableton Live, acting as a looper and, and the Omnisphere stuff and really just selecting patches by changing MIDI channels and stuff. But the way it was just so seamless to be able to work with Ableton, I'm pretty new to Ableton. I've just been playing with it sort of recently and using it like a looper where he basically had a, one pedal to start and stop the loop and one pedal that seemed to flip it backwards. Um, just astonishing the amount of noise those two make. And, and, you know, Pedro, what an amazing sound. I have no idea quite what he was doing, um, but they complement each other brilliantly. And, uh, God, I wish I could uh, improvise like that. It'd be awesome. Wouldn't it just? I know, Charles. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how much of a player you are. I know that you've you've got, you, yeah. you're obviously experienced, but whether this is the, this is your bag or, or you, you would feel comfortable being in that situation. I would. I would. In fact, uh, all, the, all the soundtrack work that I do... Um, uh, you know, inspired by Vangelis and so forth is I'll watch a film, you know, maybe two or three times, watch the the basic cuts of it. And then I go through and I improvise and I'll do maybe 30 tracks of improvisations and then I'll pick out the pieces I like and build on themes and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I love improvising. I, I, I am a player. So right. uh, oddly on Wikipedia, it shows me as a drummer. I don't know why, because I'm not a particularly <laughs> good drummer. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like longer hair, a bit fatter, and playing the drum kit on on there. But uh, but I'm not really much of a drummer. Although I did just buy a drum kit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm mostly mostly keyboards and and bass. And I really like I like improvising on bass. And I I don't mean to scare people off. I'm one. I'm definitely a four string, not anymore type <laughs> player. Uh, in fact, if it can be played on the E string. I don't think it should be played, but I do like playing up really high on the bass and doing like melodic stuff uh, along with another foundational bass part. So I, I love improvising, and then this was really this was a joy to watch. I, I love stuff like this, you know, because it's it's you know it's a it's a, a flow of consciousness, and you know what's more beautiful than that? And unless it's your crazy uncle spouting racist stuff, but but you know it's yeah. it's absolutely beautiful to watch. <laughs> well, there is that as well. You're right. Yeah. Um, um, you can get this. I mean, they're selling selling the music on. Uh, I think it's got available iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon, and it's EPPE one. So I'm guessing there may be more of that because I think they were both sort of really pleased with the way it came out, and it's just nice to see something like that kind of take shape and do that sort of thing uh in the way that it does so uh yeah good 
good on them. And uh, and obviously, you know, it's not too shabby as a way of sort of showing how great your uh, Omnisphere sounds might be as well, which is kill two birds with one stone. Why not? <laughs> um, anyway, um, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll just have a quick word from because we uh, from Synchro Arts because um, we got to get a couple of people in this week, which is uh, means I've got to break the show up a little bit more. So. Uh, Let's just hear a little bit from those guys. So it's Black Black Friday sale from Synchro Arts, uh, up to 40% off selected upgrade pass through uh, midnight December 16th. Uh, Revoice Pro, uh, 30% off. Vocal Align Pro, 37.5% off. And Vocal Align Project 3, uh, 30% off. Uh, which is great for time alignment, plugment, and all that stuff. So if you want to go to synchroarts.com and check out uh, the deals there, they're running from now until the 16th of December, midnight. Of course, we've got Black Friday in between, and this is just a larger kind of amount of those. In fact, we'll be running a live blog on Black Friday, if uh, if anyone, you know, we often do just post deals that we find. So if you if you can't be bothered to look, you know, you can always keep that window open and just see if anything pops up. And we'll try not to encourage you to spend uh, unwisely, because uh, you know, you don't want people getting into debt. We don't want you getting into debt. But anyway, yeah, synchroarts.com is where you need to go to find out about those deals. So, uh, right, let's get on to our next one. Ah, yeah, this is actually quite Do you topical. Have a story to tell? Although a really Do you have weird a ad. To share? Do <laughs> yes. you have ideas to make the world a better place? <laughs> then make a podcast with the Roadcaster Pro. It Record up like to four people. Easily Teeth include whitening, phone interviews or... and instant jingle playback. Make your podcast with the Roadcaster Pro. Roadcaster Pro. Professional podcasting made easy. Indeed, it seems to be. Uh, but it's a beautiful looking thing, this. I don't know if any, I mean, because one of the things about podcasting, it is inevit- it, it gets, it's very complicated to set up in a lot of ways. So uh, this is the new thing announced by Rode. It's not actually out yet. Uh, Four-channel mic, uh, you've got a Bluetooth return, so you can take phone calls in as well, which is, is something that's actually quite hard to do uh, in uh, unless you have the right kind of mixer and the right kind of stuff for radio station things. Uh, it's also got... Uh, Dynamics processing on every channel. It's got those, uh, what's the other thing we can see there? There's eight pads for dropping in like jingles or uh, maybe ads or pieces of music. Uh, and record to SD card works as a uh, as a um, audio interface as well. And I know it might not be all that useful for maybe musical points of view, but I think it could be actually. I mean, I think you could use it as a, as a music mixer as well, obviously. Uh, I don't know, Rich. Uh, there's something quite cute about this. I'm kind of tempted. I was thinking, I wish it did video, but I thought, I wonder if there's a way I could incorporate it into video, but it would just mean more stuff for me, so it might not be quite so useful. But as a, you know, just that and a couple of mics and a table, and you're kind of there, really, in a bunch of headphones. Right. Looks like a really interesting product to me um, for people who were trying to do that, and that brings to mind the advertising style vis-a-vis what is the demographic of most people who do podcasts because it's probably not you and me yeah so who and and there's something about the way they are marketing it as you point out that has the look of like mouthwash or toothpaste so it's like obviously (laughs) to a certain specific (laughs) demographic you know uh younger people than me that's all i can say they're not directing this product at me and and i wonder about that demographic like who mostly does podcasts it probably is the people that they're pointing at uh, with this thing and trying to make it look like anybody can use it 
Yeah, well, I'm guessing actually uh, probably education market, colleges, you know, media studios, that sort of stuff would work really well because, I mean, all of that stuff in one place might make sense. But I think the portability aspect is a big part of this product, and they're really trying to stress that. So it's not necessarily labs. I mean, it can Mm. be labs. And that's cool too, and I get it because that's where you're sitting right now. But, but they are really pushing. It seemed the portability aspect. It's a portable solution to be able to do podcasts anywhere. Yeah, and I don't. That seems important. I guess I don't know whether or not it has uh, multi-channel recording because that would be useful if you could record the inputs to the SD card as well as a master mix. And the other thing I, th- I noticed it didn't have, which would be probably quite useful, is some sort of network connection, so you could just mix straight out and RTMP it to, you know. YouTube or whatever, that would be cool. I know, Dominic, you do some uh, live streaming and stuff. I mean, it is a bit of a pain to set up. I mean, even you know, even if you've got a studio at your disposal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're late streaming studio stuff, it's obviously a lot easier. But I mean, it's a weird, the only weird thing is the advert um, because there's a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, podcasting is quite a generic term that's a bit BBC-ish now, but all the Twitch streamers that are taking over the world and the, and the YouTube guys... The, the gaming sort of Twitch streamers and the IRL Twitch streamers are kind of generally camera, mic plugged into USB port and a bit limited in what else they can do. And, yeah, great, you can sit and play games and chat to people and whatever. But um, there, there really isn't anything simple. They can get a pad with buttons on it, which that's already got built in, which was targeted at them to fire off effects and funny sounds and that kind of stuff. Uh, a bit the equivalent of a cartridge machine, I guess, for a radio yeah. station. But nothing like this, where you could actually even plug a couple of mics in, have your mate wander in, turn it up. And the, the fact that it's got a bit of compression and dynamics built in. When um, I first looked at that, I was thinking, that's quite an expensive bit of kit. I think it's 500 and Yeah, 569. 565 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's, you know, chunky. But then when you see that it's got so much going on with the dynamics and the mic, the, I think the audio is... It's very often overlooked, ironically, on podcasts and particularly on streamers. Um, and this is definitely will, will, will kind of help them out. I don't know if you're uh, – it, it looks like it's aimed at people who don't really know how to make podcasts to make it look easy. <laughs> and whereas, actually, I think most people who are doing it have a pretty good knowledge of what they need and what's missing. And particularly, like the, you were saying, the, the, the remote side of stuff, you know, sitting in a room somewhere with three guys and just a phone to stream through or something, it's, it's brilliant. It's perfect for it. Could be, yeah. I mean, I think most of the streaming system, I don't know about audio-only streams. I, I haven't really come across that for this sort of thing. I know, Charles, uh, Charles it's sort of, it sort of feels like it's near. I mean, if it had MIDI as well, so you could use the faders and the and the and the pads to do other stuff. It would make I, I mm-hmm. could probably use it here because then I could just make, almost use it like a control surface and an audio mixer. But I, at the moment, I couldn't figure out how it would integrate with this setup. Yeah, I could I could see. You know, so I have this this plan um, of a of a not a live stream, but a, of a video series uh, because I teach mixing so much, and I thought, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm I'm getting one of those 360 <laughs> degree cameras, yeah, uh, 360 degree cameras, and I'm going to have it at every show that I'm mixing. Like when I go to South America, I'll have it like right there at the console, and you know, people can choose to watch the show or they can watch exactly what I'm doing on the console or in my effects rack and, you know, just, you know, shoot in 5k and that sort of stuff. But I have thought about from an audio perspective, how to make it, how to make it work best, because I don't want to just take audio off the, off the camera and 
most of those have like a mini jack input. I don't necessarily want to have something like that. So I'll do like a multi-track recording and, you know, mix it all later and, you know, prep it all later. But something like this would be quite nice because then, you know, especially with the ducking capabilities of it, you know, if I'm talking, it could go, can actually, you know, duck down some of the audio content as I explain what I'm doing and so forth. So I don't know. It seems kind of interesting. It is kind of pricey. One thing I was going to say, though, talking about the, um, the who they're marketing it to, um, it did remind me, did you see that there's, I think it's a Chinese-based company that just released an audio interface for women? And it's made oh, to look gosh. like a, yeah, it's made like to look a makeup, like a makeup mirror. <laughs> that backfired a little bit. Quite right. I, yeah, because Pro, Pro Tools yeah. expert just kind of called them out on it, and everybody went, what yeah. the hell are you doing? Every yeah. every female that I showed that to, they were like, what the? Yeah, I want to. You might want to smash it up, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. But luckily, they have withdrawn their current advertising uh Yeah, program. kind of. Slightly kind of cult, cultural sort of mismatching. I, maybe the intent was right, but the the, the kind of the vehicle yeah. and the, the was was all all wrong, wrong, wrong. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but anyway, this th back to this part. I think you know it. it this is it's very consumer oriented, which is it, a lot of functionality for a consumer oriented sort of device. I do think it's a little bit pricey, but I think also part of it being pricey is not about them, you know, taking the piss or anything. I think it's more like. You know, it's the Australian exchange rate is. I mean, it's road, so you know they. they yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose the thing for me is, it feels like if they, if it could have, if it would, if it worked on multi-channel, then it would have other purposes. Like you could use it maybe if if it would work off. Uh, of a decent, uh, it didn't require lots of power. You could use it like a location record. You know, there are other ways, or if it had line inputs, it just feels like a little bit of tweakage and it would have been, it might have crossed over a bit more and there might be other ways that you could do it. But I mean, as a thing, it feels like it, like you say, yeah, it's sort of pro because it's it's very specific use, yet the, the marketing for yeah. it seemed to be quite generic, which is weird. Yeah. 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 So maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll sell. Well, we've been asked. We've we've been asked if we might want to use it at Nam for a live broadcast of some kind. But uh, but then I'd have to inter, inter, interact that with the video somehow. So it's I guess if I had the video out of that and it could go into an iPad as a video as an audio source, and the latency wouldn't work, then we could you know stream from the iPad camera or something like that. I'm not quite sure how it worked, but we might we might end up using it in uh, as long as I don't actually have to carry it in a suitcase over there with me. We might do something with it. You never know. Hmm. Because um, I think it's it's a bit chunky, but uh, mm. yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Okay, well, um, I think uh, I've done that one. Oh yeah, look, look who's got a new album out. This is an interesting idea, based very much on the sort of Equinox uh, legacy, I suppose. Uh, this is an interview with uh, um, John JMJ. Uh, it, it's very much visually inspired, and there's some really interesting ideas in it. And but he kind of calls it like it's a a follow up album, like he hasn't done anything else since. For which, the first time in my life, kind I of started has, from the visuals and having all the visuals of the artworks before starting one note of music. And then, based on that, I did this uh, album as a soundtrack for an, a kind of imaginary scenario. And this is what Equinox Infinity is all about. And also linked with the idea of artificial intelligence, with the, the idea that we all know that in the very near future, artificial intelligence is going to create a huge revolution in our day-to-day -day life. And as artists, we have to, to start
start to admit that in the very near future, machines will be able to create original music, to create original movies, original books, and what would happen then to us? Which I, I have to say, I think the interview and some of the points he brought up in that were way <laughs> were quite fascinating. And you know, if they are linked to the album, great. I mean, the album itself is uh, Equinox Infinity. Uh, it's got, I think, it's it's got a number of tracks on it with sort of hark backs to some of the sounds in there. Um, I'm trying to think what how many tracks it's got on it. I've got the actual uh, the thing here. What is it? It's something like, uh, gosh, I think there's like. 20 or so there's quite a lot of tracks so it's it yeah but it's not two and a half hours it's not two you're right in terms of value for money well i'll with that you can bring in start to, and maybe don't buy that buy this except yours isn't available yet whereas his is available now but it's interesting sure. i mean he brings up loads of issues in this one is you know the notion of 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 being in a position to bring up a follow-up to that album even though obviously he's done a load of body of work and the other thing was that this was uh, you know by far, Equity Original Equinox is by far his biggest album and perhaps one that most of us know of Jar's work. And it was a beautiful thing. But it brings up mm. loads of really interesting points. It's like, because if you're going to do something that's a follow-up that's so much later, you're, you're, you're on, a, you're on a, a loser because, A, it's either got to be, it's got to either reference it effectively but still have the same impact, which it can't possibly do because all of that stuff isn't as new anymore. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting idea why he's gone for that. Uh, um, yeah. And I don't know whether or not it's going to uh, fulfil the Jar fans' fantasy. I I gotta say, uh, I, I respect I respect his pioneering work, but to me, all of the music he's done uh, in the past, you know, like his music sounds to me like how I pictured the future in 1975. Right, you know, but it doesn't sound like the way the future actually will be. Uh, I, 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 I'm just, I haven't been. I love the early stuff, really love it, but the, the this later stuff, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's not, it's not breaking any ground for me. But that's just, that's just my taste, you know. No, I suppose I, it's I like, interesting. Jar fans, are, that there's a real kind of. Um, as with many musicians, you know, there's there's a real sort of what's the word I'm looking for? evangelical sort of uh, uh, vibe to it a lot of the time, and so you know he can do no wrong. Uh, and mm. I, he obviously, I, and Rich, you know, I know he's. I don't. Did you get to see? Because he did that tour a while back, didn't he? Where he took actually all the old classics out with him and 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 made made the poor text run those kind of things live. We I mean, way back way back when we did a piece on it and. Uh, and in mm-hmm. fact, I think the title of the show was Grumpy Old Synthesists, uh, if I remember correctly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder if there's any of these changed, but it's an interesting... I, mean, I, I, I thought the interview was very interesting. I mean, music was kind of... It didn't really catch me like the original, but the, some of the points he brought up, well, I thought were really fascinating. Well, the funniest thing I've heard all day is when you said, whether or not it has anything to do with the music. Um, but... <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I think Chicky is far more uh, diplomatic. I can't possibly top his diplomacy on this one. I'm not that big a Jar fan. Never was. His music really doesn't speak to me. I don't own a single note of it. I don't hate it either. Um, it's just not stuff that really speaks to me or interests me. And I, ha- I probably have never heard the original Equinox. And if I have, I'm sure it wasn't all the way through. Right. And, okay. Interesting. Um, I listened to 30 second excerpts of this entire record in the yeah. interest of due diligence. And a few of them interested me. A few. 
out of yeah. I think twelve, like maybe three of them interested me. Um, yeah, enough to want to hear the rest of the piece. It, they were it was just sound clouding out thirty seconds. Snippets yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one minute snippets of the thing, but um, I respect his as. Chicky said, I respect his contribution to the legacy of this music, and I respect him as a musician. And seemingly from the interview, as you point out, he's a very interesting person and has some very interesting views about how he's directing his music and how this particular experience was unique for him. And I enjoyed all that. Yeah, no, I did too. I think I think the thing is also it's great. I mean, great to see. I mean, obviously, a lot of those shots are going to be staged in the studio, but he's got a lot of modern modular technology. He's really sort of is into that sort of thing, and that enthusiasm is brilliant to see in somebody who's been doing that for so long. Because so often we, I've done interviews with people who you know back in the day were a big deal in electronic music, and you know still are, but they can't be bothered with all of that. They just work in the box because it's so much more convenient. And he's still, I mean, I guess he does both, but I mean, he's probably got he can afford to have a guy that uh, might be, you know, doing that sort of stuff for him. I don't know, Dominic, I reckon, I think it, it, it chimes, because I'm thinking back to when I would have listened to Jean-Michel Jarre stuff, and I would have been in my late teens, which might have had some sort of synchronicity about the time I started enjoying mind-altering substances of a mild <laughs> type. And so they have a real... <laughs> resonance for me because they you know they're 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 strong powerful sort of sensations that i would have not felt before that i enjoyed while listening to his stuff would that seem like a reasonable yeah (laughs) although i was never into those mind-altering substances in my late teens for some reason um i was just trying to think i mean i don't want to be the one that says no it didn't really touch me either and i don't actively run out and check out the latest album but you can't take away how groundbreaking the early stuff was the guy's 70 i think as well um not that that's particularly old these days yeah. but it's definitely he's got a picture in his attic yeah he looks great um but it is it is a formula isn't it and and it's a formula he knows he does very well a lot of people love it um and he genuinely genuinely works hard at it some of the shows i've seen are spectacular to watch um and you know it's a bit like iron maiden coming out with a new tune you know i don't actively go out and go and get the iron maiden tune i like some of the tunes on it and then loads of people love it it's uh in terms of kind of growing up with it um i think my intro was tomato is it i i say oh yeah tomato um and i think my mum bought uh dancing with snowflakes or something it's, it's a it's a classical uh, remake yep. by a guy called Tomita using Moog modular stuff in yep. the very, very early days. And that was probably the first time I heard since. And that was the thing that kind of flipped me. And then at the same kind of time, I, I learned piano at school and was getting quite bored with the piano. Um, and then suddenly since became almost affordable. You know, you were getting things like uh, the JX3P and the Profit um, Profit Fives were too expensive, but Monopolies and that kind of stuff came out and I could save up and get that stuff. Um, and it became kind of a pop music thing. So I just, I don't want to take away anything from what it was or anything that it is now, but I, I, I appreciate the fact that it's sort of done that rather than, than gone off and explored any mm, fascinating yeah. and, and groundbreaking things, nor, nor need it. You know, you don't have to be groundbreaking all the time. Um, he does what he does very well. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think uh, it must be it must be quite challenging, also. You know, when your 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 biggest moments were at the time when record sales were, you know, the thing that would buoy you up. I mean, yes, you could. You now it's more about touring, which would be, frankly, must be a nightmare for him or for his team because if he's taking yeah. that stuff on the road, you know, not only is it hugely precious, but it's hugely temperamental and difficult to 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 coax into life every night. It must be kind of every sound check must be just the worst, <laughs> the worst experience yeah. for the tech. Where it's like, oh, I think it's going. I think it's going. We have to wheel out. An another power supply or whatever it may be. Uh, but One yeah. thing I'd like to add, by the way, oh, yeah. uh, is, is uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, I'm going out on the road with OMD in October. It's their 40th anniversary, and they're planning on taking their all their analog synths with them and re- recreating the shows, re- recreating their first two albums. That wow. would be a tech nightmare. But Didn't they used fun. to run a tape live? I seem to remember they always had a tape. Was, yeah. yeah, Winston. Winston yeah. was the tape machine. It's it's in the Museum of Liverpool right now because it, it doesn't work. But <laughs> but uh, I wonder if only there was like some other tape machine around here somewhere that they could use. Oh, uh, hey, I know there's one. <laughs> very reasonable rental, rental rates, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but they are playing on on doing this as an analog thing. Uh, and, we, and there's some talk about maybe even doing it in surround. Um, but wow. I hope they make a decision about that quickly because I need to program that whole show. For because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one who'll be deciding what goes and what speakers. <laughs> wow. So okay. uh, but anyway, yeah. So it's very temperamental doing that sort of stuff live. It's a lot easier when everything's just running off of Ableton. I can imagine that really is difficult, but not only that, because you've also got to think about monitor mixes, which will have to work in two channel because otherwise things will disappear and therefore. Well, yeah, they're, they're all in ears now. They, they do. Yeah. I've, I've, I've effectively convince them all to be in here so now the, the onstage volume is nothing except for andy does when he plays bass he does have uh subs on both sides like uh just um, trousers like, flappers subs yeah yeah Why that not? and then and, and he'd love to get the stage vibrating as well but that'd just be too much of a problem so yeah, i imagine it probably would be um anyway um well i i think we should have just quickly jumped to uh our friends over at isotope because uh it's uh it's now their turn to tell you about the rx7 which you could win at the end of this competition RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud, vocals not loud enough, Let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. You can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new variable time and variable pitch modules. Using the new dialog contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour of the dialogue, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker. And introducing Dialogue Dereverb, a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around dialogue. RX7, a new frontier in audio repair. 
And of course, you can get hold of that stuff uh, by going to isotope.com. They've got download demos for a lot of their things, which are fully functional for just limited time only, but uh, well worth checking out. And of course, we have a winner from last week's competition, uh, who is, in fact, I I've got the... Uh, I've got this guy here. It's Charles M. Kerper, uh, at Charlie Kerper. Uh, Save the session with was what we were looking for, and uh, he very kindly linked to the podcast as well. So uh, congratulations, Charlie. You have won last week's uh, copy of Isotope RX-7. Uh, but uh, this week, uh, we have another competition, and the competition is, I'm just going to get that there, uh, we're looking for the hashtag Magic Audio Fixer and the hashtag RX-7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag Magic Audio Audio fixer and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Once again, we thank them for providing us with the prize. So, um, oh, well, let's see where we'll go next. I was wondering about doing this. Uh, we've got the, okay, we've got two things, three things body synth, gifts for musicians, or custom VAT, v VST controllers. What does anybody feel about it? So, gifts for musicians, hands up. Nah. Uh, body synth. Nah, oh, none of them. So nobody really wants. Nobody wants to do it. Okay, well maybe. Let's go home. Maybe yeah. Gifts, suggest gifts another for one. Musicians. Gifts for musicians. Right. Okay. Here yeah. we go. That's that's perfect. Uh, okay. I did actually find. I had a link. This was a Red Bull uh, article that I, I spotted a couple of times ago. This one of these listicle things. Seven. You no longer do the ten or the five. You have r other numbers because then it stands out apparently. So the listicle of seven. So uh, for audiophiles, clubbers, hip hop, or fanatic, or indeed musicians, Strings of Fury, Daft Punk, Yo-Yo. Uh, 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 this is these are their suggestions. This Buddha <laughs> machine looked kind of interesting. This is just sort of drone a drone machine, but it's it, it it seems like it's got built in tracks rather than totally generative. Uh, yeah. Christmas jumper, always good. One of those. Uh, yeah. Beastie Boys book and New York that, music. That'd be good. Matt oh, Prince. Yes. <laughs> that looks kind that, of. Funky. I was, you know, actually, that that New York print. Uh, just as a side note, there's a site called uh, Dorothy, and I bought last year for my technician when I was on tour. I bought because he's obsessive about like craft work and so forth. I bought him this poster, and it looks like a a um, like a schematic, like a blueprint. Yes, schematic. I've seen those. It's, it's the history of electronic music. Like Dorothy has all kinds of stuff like that, um, but for for music, this music oriented, I absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to find Love it. I've got stuff. it here. This is it. Yeah, I've that's the it. one. That, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Although, although I have to say, there is one fault. If it, it's a schematic, of course, so there's got to be a fault. There's one fault to there. <laughs> they don't have OMD listed. Wow, that's a. I that's... bought. I bought one for Andy, and when I I looked at it, and when I realized they didn't have OMD on there, I was like, "Well, I'm going to roll that back up and not give it to him." <laughs> And if you put it up but in your so, house, you have to put it up in a room that he's unlikely to visit when he comes around. Exactly. It goes down and he walks by. There's like sort of a wider space on the wall, which is obviously there's a picture. It's like, was it? Was it? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. They didn't, I don't know why they didn't put, they put all kinds of, you know, all kinds of other acts that I wouldn't even consider electronic in there. Um, but they did put OMG, strangely. Wow. Well, that favorite. is an oversight. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of a lot of options. I mean, I don't know, Dominic. Do you get do you get? I mean, you've got your studio. Do your family attempt to buy you kind of musical knickknacks that you might use, like I mean, whether no, it's cable ties or something? You know, <laughs> it's a, hey, I've got so many boxes of cables. The boxes of yeah. cables at any studio is ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, we we kind of stopped stopped buying people. I tell you what, I would like is one of those old school hip hop boom boxes. Oh, yeah, okay. 
kind of even monitor through it. I just just want one of those and kind of takes me back anyway. Not that I was ever a break dancer or a hip hop artist, but I just remember the sound. It's, it's boomy, isn't it? Like, so I can stick it behind me. Well, look, it's, there it's, you go. Look, there's a, there's a selection of classic right. 80s cheap and 90s well. boom boxes. They're not cheap yeah. as far as Christmas. No, look at that. But yeah, I really like Old school, one of those in good condition. Yeah, I don't want one of these. Uh, not after these kind of things, but no, yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that probably sounds great. Dominic, I was wondering if I could recommend something to you uh, along yes, those yes, same yes. lines. Have you heard the Apple HomePod yet? No, I Have haven't. You heard that? I haven't. It sounds no. amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and it's like, okay. it's the strangest, like you listen to it and no matter what, it, it has a microphone so it can read the space that it's in and it adjusts for the space. In, in whatever you play in it, it's just, it's the strangest, best sounding thing I've heard. I, like, I, I would love to have two to monitor on in here. Um, do, do they do all, do they do proper play. stereo yet? Because that was something that didn't actually work when they, they really. Yeah, they, they have, apparently they have it now. They have it now. If Whoa. you have two of them. Technological advancements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, the whole Bluetooth and stereo thing was, was weird for them for some reason. But, um, <sighs> but yeah, those, I got to say, I, this is not product endorsement, but. God, those things sound amazing. Is it is it Bluetooth amazing. or Wi-Fi? Uh, it is Bluetooth, I believe. Oh, dear, or dear, AirPlay, I... whatever AirPlay is. Wi-Fi, AirPlay is, yeah. That's Wi-Fi. Yeah. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. Sorry, that's yeah. all right. Bluetooth, I would never buy a Bluetooth speaker ever in my life, ever. I just, yeah. I, they, they, it's a technology that might makes me want to throw things out of windows. I just, yeah. I can't yeah, bear it. Speaking of which... <laughs> <laughs> have you have you thrown anything out of a window recently, Rich? Or felt like you've I've got you a should? window I've got a window right here. We can throw something right now if you'd like. Um <laughs> uh, for the campier gifts, uh things like uh pins, scarves, posters, t-shirts, things of that nature. There's a company in the United in the US called The Music Stand. I think it's probably themusicstand.com, but if it's not, you can search it. And uh, they have a catalog of all kinds of little tchotchkes and clothing and stuff. And I'm looking. It's not a bad gift source for that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. I'm seeing it. M- music stands, music instruments. Oh, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of. No, but there's also. Who wouldn't yeah, want a garb? And, but there's all kinds of little, like I say, tchotchkes like that that relate to music of various. What's it kinds. called again? The music stand. The music stand. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that looks good. I found actually this is this is a good tie. Uh, If you're into books, this is uh, the Attack Magazine Secrets of Dance Music Production, which is actually by a friend of ours who is in fact one of the co-organisers of uh, Saturday's event. It's a great coffee table book with just tons and tons, and it's not just a load of obsolete software shots. It's actually got loads of really interesting techniques and kind of philosophical, creative exercises to kind of go, hey, do you want your hi-hats to sound better? Maybe you should try something. You know, it's a, it's a great book. This is called The the Secrets of Dance Music Productions. Uh, and it's mm. and you get access to loads of uh, 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 projects, audio and project files, so you can try a load of this stuff out. It's actually quite cool. Who, who guy is called the Chris co-author? Barker. Uh, Chris Barker, oh, Chris. he's called. Okay, yeah. great. And, and I said I'd mention it at some point because he gave me one last uh, a few weeks ago when we went to check out the the space at DBS Music, and I thought, I, yeah, I'm going to mention that because and it's, I said it's 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 very it's had a good longevity because I think it's been out for uh, eighteen months or so, but it's still 
it still kind of goes. So, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, you buy a book about synthesizers and then a year later, <laughs> all the models have been discontinued and there was a whole new lot. So it didn't really work anymore. <laughs> whereas this isn't like that so much. But yeah, musical instruments for, I mean, gifts for musicians. I always find it's, it's probably easier for mu- musical people to buy gifts for other musical people. It's re- I, It's generally really hard for non-musical people, like, you know, some of your family would like to try and sort of do it's much harder to, for them to find stuff that you wouldn't just go oh this is that's very nice thank you very much but actually i've got 10 of them but you didn't know i suppose or actually what i really wanted was a was a cloud a pair booker, of socks you know <laughs> or, or you know like yeah it's for some obscure piece of gear yeah i want i want a cloud lifter for my microphones and and maybe a, like a a retro lindall uh retrofit for my ribbon mics and like <laughs> What? what? Yeah. Do I get what that, that at Kmart? <laughs> yeah, no, not really. <laughs> They're much fun. Oh. I mean, there, there will be more. Yeah. And obviously, we've got Black Friday coming up. I'm sure next week we might have a uh, Did Anyone Buy? Because we've got Black Friday and Cyber Cyber Monday, or Cyber Overdraft, as uh, as many people are calling it. Overdraft Monday, Black Friday, Overdraft Monday, yeah, which we don't encourage. Um, let's have a look. Um, oh, yeah, did, we might as well just have a quick look at this VST. If anyone's got time, this VST controller... Yes. Um, I love this video. Oh, yeah. This is a guy called Raphael Huber. <clears throat> I do this for the first time. I've never talked into a camera before. And I must say that I am very impressed with all those YouTubers who who make this seem so easy. <laughs> because it like really isn't easy at all for me. What can I say? So we'll fast forward because it's a very long. Uh, so what he's basically done, is, I just love that introduction. It was awesome. So he's, he's built a custom VST controller. Of course, this MIDI controller is assignable. So each knob can have a specific MIDI controller or program change or even 14-bit on RPM. But if I just go to the web page, it's a Kickstarter actually, which I don't think is actually doing as well as he might hope, which is a shame really because it's always nice to encourage people to do good things but uh and this, so this is a midi control i'm not sure if this is the right thing because it's very dense and very difficult to maybe discern but once you learnt it it might well be uh be something that would work very well but it's again it comes back to that concept of uh, coming up with midi controllers that work for various things and i think i i don't think there is such a there is such a beast as a midi controller that will do everything i think we're seeing you know we're seeing a lot more of these uh these MIDI controllers, which are specifically dedicated to uh, specific devices, like smaller. Uh, there was one that was posted um, just recently. I think I've got it here. Yeah, this is the Reface. There's another one, which is the Reface uh, DX, which was, uh, I think I had a picture of it somewhere. I don't think I have. Yeah, so it's, it's like a controller that goes on top of... It's called the uh, DTRDX. So that sort of thing seems and like it's, it's a control. Also, just as valid, I suppose I should really focus a little bit more on what this this guy's done. The Ultimate VST MIDI controller. It's only like uh, I think it's going to be what does it say it was three hundred two hundred thirty euros if you want to build it yourself, which is very reasonable. But it's again, it's people who th- I, I suppose people want to solve this problem, and I'm not sure that they can. But the thing that really endeared me to this guy was the fact that he found it so difficult to make a video, which I guess is not necessarily the <laughs> the point he wanted to get across. Um, Custom VST controls. I know, Rich, you're you're sort of perfectly happy with the sort of mouse and and uh, keyboard kind of approach, but and, and well, you've got an imposter, haven't you? 
Oh, no, yeah. Oscar, sorry, an Oscar <laughs> over that. An, not an impo- yeah, uh, Oscar too. Uh, controller. Yeah. But again, it's specific. But I, magnificent controller. Yeah, it's awesome. And it really makes a difference, but it's very hard to make things that it work does. for everyth- everything. That's the problem. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing, and especially when you don't have labeling that updates with each thing it's doing. So, yeah. for example, if you had a device like the one this guy is showing, and every single knob on it had a uh, flexible display so that each time you called up a preset for whichever instrument you want to control with it right now, the controls that are mapped are all displaying yeah. what they're That's mapped the key, isn't it? to. Um, without that, it's sort of not that much different from what Novation has been offering for a long, long time, which is we'll sell you a whole bunch of knobs, pads, and sliders, and you can assign them wherever you want and save setups. And I said to them from day one, why do I have to do that? <laughs> and um, and they said, well, because you should. I mean, it's fun. You can do it like this, and you can do it like that. I'm like, yeah, that's great. You yeah, guys should have templates for everything. It's you guys difficult. should have templates for everything. It's really yeah. difficult. I think that's going to change with the uh, new MIDI CL, uh, uh, um, which is the uh, I can't remember what it stands for, but it, it's the uh, no the inquiry command inquiry so capability inquiry CI. So you could say, what have you got? Okay, I'll have it. Let's put these things on those controls based on you know some semantics or whatever, and but that's going to make even still lot- you need the labeling. Which is something oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Novation exactly. did try to get right. They did. Novation did attempt that, and I give them credit for it. But um, although it's not much what they give you, but it were it is labeling of some sort, and you can sort of tell what everything does. Well, the new SL Mark II, uh, no, SL Mark III does. I remember uh, SL Mark II. I think. Um, yeah. I think that does. No, I think they're up to Mark III now. I Mark, think Mark III. II is the one I was using. You're yeah. right. Yeah, so Mark III does. You get, uh, you do get, kind of. They give you little scribble strips for the knobs and stuff, so you can knobs see and, what knobs and it's buttons, doing yeah. right now. Yeah yeah, 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 that's right. So that's that's the kind of answer. But it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I know, Dominic. Do you? I mean, you know, you've got a lot of variable different things in your studio. What do you use as a MIDI controller for general knobby stuff, or do you shy away from that? I I've tried everything, um, and I agree with you. I don't think there's one size fits all. Most successful one, I think, there's a Kiwi Tronics controller. They are the guys that make the JX3P add-on and the Juno 6 uh, add-on. And the first thing he did was um, a JX3P replacement controller. And then every time they've released updates, it covers MKS80, MKS73P, Poly6, Code 8 stuff. Um, There's a roster. Yeah, there you go. There's a whole. Awful. No, I can't really see what that is. I think it It, does look like that, but it doesn't actually look like that. If you see what I mean, Um, and it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. You've got the, you've got your filters always in the right place. It doesn't do everything, Um, but I've actually got a lot of rolling kit here, and it probably controls six or seven of my synths at a switch of a button, which is really useful, and it's really good for recording filter sweeps and that kind of stuff. So that's ace. But I've tried a lot of other of other things as well, and there there isn't one size fits all. The 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 kit that you're talking about looks great. I mean, especially if you've got a specific requirement, like I want to use this to control this very complicated synth, and I'm going to set it up to do that. It's going to be amazing. But then when you start saying, well, and I'm going to do another template for this synth and another template for that one, uh, it falls apart. Specifically, I think, like Rich was saying, for the for the labeling, it. 
it's really frustrating because fundamentally it comes back down to some kind of touch screen, whether it's an iPad or whether it's a Slate Raven screen. You know, that gives you the labelling, but without the functional knobbiness, if you like. Um, but it's always going to be better. I, I also agree with you with the MIDI. I mean, querying a device to say, what are you? And updating some kind of um, display on a screen is getting a lot easier in terms of the of the cost of doing things. Also, those little opto controllers are getting very, very cheap. That's why you're seeing stuff like this being released. If you get a little Arduino-style controller, a little PC controller for, I think, about 30 quid, and a bunch of those opto twisty knobs, which are about two quid each, it's not that hard no, to no, put that stuff together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. But there isn't. There is, that, that is not going to solve all my my needs here and ultimately if it's not a rolling thing that runs off the kiwi controller i normally just drag a mouse about to be honest and uh, i just get used to it. you always end up going back to using that mouse really yeah i mean if it takes a while to set up it's always the thing that you're not that mm. you haven't set up yet that you have to use and that just yeah. breaks the creative flow i guess and they're tricky i mean that's the difficulty i mean says the man with a yeah. lot of analog stuff i mean yeah. I, I have noticed that your desk is it's, it's more like a stand for your OP one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's only because I was just doing something on the OP one, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. stand for the OP one. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's funny. The OP one is actually a great controller. I used to take it out live with me. Um, I, that's when I do use controllers, like uh, you know, um, parameter controllers, not not keyboard controllers, um, because you can. It, you switch over to controller mode and it's like it everything has a different it's it's really it's great the only thing is that you know six seven hundred quid you know you don't really want to be taking that out on the road too much so uh along but that works because you get production rehearsals and you can set it all up so you know where it is it's the little bit where you're in the creative part that the controllers become very frustrating i think yeah For, for me live i use a stream deck um which is a gaming controller uh, because, oh, I think because is that the, the Elgato way. thing. Yeah, Elgato. Yeah, um, uh, the Stream Deck. Mine's a, I think it's a five by four or five by three. I can't remember. Whatever the bigger one is. Yeah, that's it right there. Um, yeah, I use I use Stream Deck for controlling uh, Ableton because I, I use Ableton to run effects, and uh, and then I have uh, a couple of Akai controllers, and then uh, a Chaos Pad. And that's that's pretty much my my live set. I mean, that's you know my controller wise live setup. Um, that they're, they're pretty good actually. I've been looking at these because the stream decks um, you can put. Uh, they don't do MIDI yet, which is a bit of a shame. If they did MIDI, it would be yeah. pretty awesome. But yeah. what what you can actually do is you can use it. They use them in switching a lot, uh, but because you can put icons, custom icons under each button. There's a little LCD screen, isn't there? Yes. That's right. It's that they're not pieces of paper. They're LCD. They're, they're actually quite cool. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I, I I do love it. It's it's great because it, all the basic functions I need, like for in the set list, each I have a different scene, you know, for each song, which has its own tempo and sends tempo to the chaos pad and changes out effects for through the UA stuff because I'm running a UA interface, uh, uh, Apollo Eight interface. Um, the uh, but Stream Deck, I can I can do all my my scene switching i can do tap tempos i can do you know launching i can do you know stopping panic all that kinds of stuff i assigned that to that and then and that, like, but that's not midi how are you doing that then if it's not midi control 
Uh, well, with Ableton, you, you can do um, oh, keys, can't you? Uh, yeah, key key or MIDI, and so I just assign it to key, and then for the uh, 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 Kai, the little thirty five pound controllers, I assign that. That's MIDI. So, so I do yeah. a combination of both of those, and just make sure I have a USB port plugged into my laptop. So you're using Oops. Ableton to live process audio as well on the way in. Yeah, basically, I've got eight sends coming from my console which go into Ableton, and then uh, instead of sending out a master out, it's just sends only, and then that directly routes to eight return tracks where I have like a splash reverb, a splash delay, uh, a regular, like a vocal reverb, you know, like a plate reverb, like a EMT plate or something like that. Oh, I, I've got, I, I'm whatever. just getting a message. Hold on, I'm just getting a message from uh, Dominic. He said his plumber might show up during the show, and it looks like yeah. by the... Uh, <laughs> That's, my secret brought, sign. that's your secret sign. So you got to go and see to the plumber. <laughs> Dominic, thank you so much. We nearly got to the end, and we'll say we'll say goodbye now. Um, but thank you very much for joining us. Uh, see you on Saturday, hopefully. Cheers. Yeah. See you there. Look forward to anyone else's there. Take care, guys. See yeah. Take care. Bye. <laughs> that was. I just saw a plunger appear in uh, in the screen, and I was thinking, wow, I, I really need to investigate what. Oh. This is. <laughs> so, what, so stuff that doesn't matter, that latency doesn't matter so much. No. No. Right. Well, it, it, the thing is, uh, uh, I don't really, yeah. Oh, you mean latency as in running through it and through, then back? Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing it as uh, inserts. I'm just right. doing it for, because I, I'm, I'm mixing on a Digico console and I, I love the Digico. I think it sounds amazing. I am not crazy about the sound of the reverbs in it, Rever reverbs or the delays. Like, for instance, on their delay, it's like they have a modulated delay, but they modulate after the delay and i want modulation leading into the delay and you can't really change it and so like that so i just i i use all like all ua effects um ah so the latency is pretty low yeah i mean yeah i mean uh, yeah it's probably i mean i'm running at, at what uh 64 is my uh buffer size so it's like you know maybe a what a millisecond it's not, right. it's almost nothing you know so it and if i really wanted to i could if I wanted to just run it as straight effects, I could run through console and have near zero latency. It, console being the um, yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah. Pr the, the program the UA program, but but I don't because I there's certain things because of tempo changes and stuff like that. I, I run it with Ableton, um, and I and there actually is one effect that's in Ableton that I really like the sound of, which is their uh, on Ableton's the new Ableton suite. It's uh, their echo. I yeah. love the sound of that echo. It's really <clears throat> really nice. Um, <clears throat> But uh, yeah, that's that's that my extent for here. I just you know I click and drag stuff, and uh, I'm fine with that. You know, but mm. I I do I I am primarily you know outboard synths and stuff like that. I don't really use. I have I have pretty much every soft synth that's made, at least all the major ones. But I really don't I don't use them that much. I use I use outboard stuff. The real thing. More than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just what it's just my style of working. Is it doesn't it, these aren't any better. It's just what I'm into. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, I think we're probably, well, now we've said goodbye to Dominic, it's actually five past five, so I suppose we could actually uh, close shop and say goodbye to everybody. So uh, I'll come over to you, Rich, and say thank you so much for joining us and uh, um, <clears throat> um, keeping your ticking heating system to, to mute very professionally done there. I only heard a couple, so you're obviously <laughs> right on it. There must be a plug-in for that, surely. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just been mangling the mute button all on my own for years now, and it seems <laughs> to be 
more fun when I do mangle it than when I don't. So I, the I human gate. <laughs> you know, I'm sure SPL. Makes anyway, a always a pleasure. Heater. Well, thank you, Rich. Yeah, well, and if, they, if you're yeah, at a loose end on Saturday, please do check out the uh, the stream because there's going to be some people. I've, it's it's on my calendar to watch from here. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing you in the chat. I don't know if I'm going to have much bandwidth to be able to actually monitor the stream, but we've got a social wall going, so we might see stuff going past on the IRC, YouTube chat, and uh, Instagram and stuff like that. So, yeah, it should be fun. But thank you very much for joining us, Rich. It's been a pleasure. And also, uh, Charles, Chicky Reeves, love to see you again. Very pleasant to see you. So, uh, I I know you're going to be around a little bit too, so that's awesome. I am. Yeah, I'll be around for a while. I, I wish I could be there this Saturday. The only thing is about two months ago, I bought tickets to the IMAX cinema to watch the re-release of 2001 Space Odyssey. So um, so it's kind of hard for me to not Yeah, do that, no, that sounds nice. I promised, yeah. I promised my daughter I'd take her, so I'm taking her to see it. <laughs> She's yeah. 12 years old and really into Stanley Kubrick, so... Excellent. Uh, well, the, wow. uh, it's yeah. the right thing to do. Well, yeah, folks, cool. uh, thank you very much for, for joining us this week. It's been brilliant. And uh, just before we go, I should re-mention the isotope competition, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag on Twitter. This is the hashtag Magic Audio Fixer, one word, and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag Magic Audio Fixer and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. But that's it for this week. We'll say thank you very much and uh, we'll see you next time. Dominic's already gone, so he can't wave. But uh, that's it for this time. See you next time. Take care. Bye-bye now. Cha-cha.